everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at IC Sativa Podcast. You can also check out and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Music Store, Pocket Casts, and other platforms like it. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs and spread this project throughout the United States and hopefully the entire planet. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble little projects, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, doing on-field, and doing on-field work. By supporting us, it helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. So a lot of you may sort of be wondering why I um, queued up a very old, um, well, almost 20-some-year-old video game um, music um, so randomly. Like, like why would I do that? Um, for those of you under a certain age, for you, for z- 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 what is it? Is it Gen Z or Zillennials? I'm, I'm getting very mixed up on the terms. I don't I don't know what they identify as. But Gen Z, like this was before their time, and um, but it was but it's from the video game, um, the Dream. It was originally a Dreamcast video game, um, and we all know the story of the Dreamcast. Um, they 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 failed because um, because Sega made a, a number of blunders. Um, First, they released it, like, they picked a very odd time to release it. They released it right before the PlayStation 2. And then when the PlayStation 2 came out and had a DVD player, had a very solid DVD player that was better than most DVD players of the time, you know, they completely got swallowed up by by, by the PS2. And it's my great regret that I never owned a PS2, by the way. Like, I am... I had a GameCube and Xbox due to due to peer pressure, and because um, all my middle school friends at the time had Xboxes and, and, and stuff, and and I and GameCubes, so like I, I felt to that pressure. But I, I deep down because I I owned a PS One and I own a P I own a PS I own the PS Three and I own the PS Four. But um, but okay, that game is from Skies. That game is from Skies of Arcadia. It got remade into a GameCube video game. And that was the victory theme, um, the victory theme whenever, like, you win a, a battle in Skies of Arcadia, um, that, that theme gets played. And, um, then so, let's get to the point of this episode right now. I'm digressing too much right now, getting too much into the weeds. So the point is, um, Maine, Maine is fine, as um, is finally starting to move along with adult use marijuana. Um, as you know, a couple, as you know, even... And even up until like last year or whatever, Paul LePage kept vetoing the implementation of, of adult use ma- marijuana. And then it, it took 
a while until the, their legislator was legislator legislature was finally able to override their override the piece of, of crap's veto and um and sign adult use into into law and then um November they elected a democrat as their governor so um so now things are going a lot a lot more smoother with things now and um She's much more pro-cannabis than the previous Reefer Madness, uh, LePage. Um, so I'm going to read an article from the Press Herald. And I might or might not give my commentary on the fly. We, will, we shall see. Maine releases draft rules for its recreational marijuana market. Read them here. Proposed regulations made public at the request of the Press Herald cover everything from licensing inventory, tracking, and enforcement to advertising, packaging, and labeling. More than two years after residents voted to, to legalize recreational marijuana, Maine released some draft rules Monday that, deta that detail how the state's new adult use market would be launched, monitored, and regulated by the Office of Marijuana Policy. The state released the rules in response to the freedom of access request by the Portland Press Herald. The regulations, which were developed by the consulting firm of Friedman and Kokoski of, of Colorado, will not be implemented until they are presented at a public hearing and win approval from the legislature. Other rules on testing labs and protocols will be adopted later without legislative approval. The state is also inviting the public to weigh in on its draft rules, which run 73 pages long at its website. Quote, There has been significant public interest in the adult use rules being developed in Maine, which is why we invite the public to review these basic rules and offer their feedback. Eric Gun Gun Gunderson, director of the state's Office of Marijuana Policy, said Monday, Voters approved legalization of recreational marijuana in, in November 2016. While, while limited home grow was allowed within two months, the state struggled to launch a commercial market, having to overcome a series of legislative rewrites. And if I recall correctly, the, their, um, their law, their adult use law was much like Massachusetts law where you can grow six immature plants and I think six um, mature plants or whatever. And then I think they have that through the um, compromise and through the legislative rewrites. So I think you can only grow like three plants, like three mature and three immature. I think it's a total of six. Um, my, my, my memory's sort of rusty, so, I mean, don't take me at face value, but that's kind of what I've heard from things I've, I've heard about, about Maine and stuff. So, to overcome a series of legislative rewrites, gubernatorial vetoes, and contractual, contractual snafus. National marijuana consultants estimated that the main, that the main market, once launched, could reach 265 million a year and, and employ as many as 5,400 people. Gunderson said Maine will begin accepting recreational business licenses applications this year and providing the draft rules are passed before voters go on summer break. Application process. The regulations lay out how, how 
lay out how wood beef growers, retailers, and manufacturers will obtain the state's licenses needed to operate in Maine's recreational marijuana market. First, get a state conditional license. Then, the city and town's approval. And then finally, the state will grant you a one-year active marijuana license. I wonder how much, I wonder, like, out of curiosity, how much all of this is going to cost. You know, I, I, that's, 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 that's what has me scratching my head right now. What's going to, like, how much is it going to cost for, um, you know, the robust, robust caregiver scene or, or people in that scene to in Maine? Because Maine has a very strong caregiver scene, much like, like, like Michigan or, or California or Colorado or any of those states. Maine, Maine is like the weed capital of, of New England. Like, like that's un, it's undisputed. You know, like you can't, you can't, you can't argue me otherwise. Even though Massachusetts is the first to have adult use sales in New England, Maine has been doing medical longer than anyone in the, in, in the entire New England. You know, they legalized in 99. Like that's almost, that's almost as early as like, like the left coast did it, you know, and they've had a, a huge caregiver scene. I, to the best of my knowledge, that entire time. And, and Mr. Sativa himself makes use of the main caregiver scene and they can they deliver products that that beat dispensaries like i got like my 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 um my my dealer she's like she's so skilled at what she does like she she gets me tinctures um that are like um eight like a one ounce tincture from her is 18 bucks and then a two ounce tincture is about thir is 38 when i go to a massachusetts medical marijuana dispensary to get a tincture like if I want to take a break from smoking or vaping for a bit, guess how much that the cost of of a one ounce tincture is. Just guess, sixty dollars, sixty bucks, and sometimes it's even less than one ounce. And then to get that same quantity that my caregiver, my main caregiver, gets me, would cost a hundred and twenty bucks, and and that would only last me maybe two weeks or so I can't spend that money every two I can't spend 120 every two darn weeks I just can't I have I have bills and other things I got to spend it on that's it's untenable what these dispensaries in Massachusetts sell their non sell all their products for it's it's, it's the prices are, are through the roof and um like when I first got my card like in Massachusetts you can also another cool thing you can do you can get a main certification for just $50 by your licensing doctor, which I ended up doing my first year, but I never ended up using, funny enough. But now that I don't have that certification, I, I have, I, I, through my connections, got a main caregiver that can get me tinctures for, uh, indica tinctures for a cheap, cheap price. As cheap of a price as I paid when I visited, um, Washington. For the one ounce tincture I got in Washington, I think my last day, I only paid like 20, 25 bucks, you know, and um, in Massachusetts, that same tincture would be 50, you know, and even with their 30 some percent tax in Washington state, it was still 20, 25 dollars that one, that one ounce tincture. If I were to pay two, if I were to get, pay for two ounces, it'd be 40, like my caregiver can give me. You know, we're just so behind the eight ball of Massachusetts in terms of pricing and access and, you know, just products in general.
But let me let me go on. Let me stop digressing. Okay, the application process. The regulators would lay out how would-be growers... Okay, I already read that. The state will have 90 days to review the initial application, including the criminal history records of applicants before issuing a conditional license. The biggest hurdle facing the applicant will probably not be the state, however, but the local license conditions set by individual host mentality, municipalities. Uh, so just like every other legal state, we're going to give cities and towns leeway to, to ban cannabis and or if they allow it they extort the dispensaries and, and charge way more than they should. This local parochial control of, 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 of cannabis legalization is stifling cannabis legalization in all these adult use states. You know, it's stifling the potential. California um, like in California for example like um, only from from what I remember, only ca can adult use cannabis in California is only available in one out of seven cities in the entire state of o almost forty million people. Let me let me say that again. Cannabis is only available in one to seven one out of seven urban areas in 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 California due to these local municipal bans. And what you and, and and I see this in my own home state too. You know, you have like you have city councilors or selectmen. You have five or ten people unilaterally deciding because they don't like cannabis that they should ban it in their entire community. So you have five people, like, like almost like an oligarchy. You have five, five or ten people deciding what the whole city gets, and it's stifled in cannabis legalization in in. Um, California and it's stifling it in um it's stifling it in um all over all over the country really Massachusetts as well and it's going to happen in Maine you know you're going to have a bunch of towns if they haven't already they're going to ban adult use and you know you're only going to be able to get it in Portland or Auburn or any of those other or or any of those other cities or what else or, or yeah any of those other cities in Maine you know or bit uh, Biddeford that's that's also a, a hip area so all like all the all the dispensaries will be concentrated in those areas and then all the towns are going to pull reefer madness and then say oh we have to ban weed oh it's think of the children think of the like there's going to be so many fatalities yada 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 just bullshit Okay, so let me continue. The state will have 90 days. Okay, I already read that. Some communities like South Portland already have their adult use license regulations in place, while others are waiting for the state to issue licensing regulations before deciding whether they move ahead with adult use with adult use mar marijuana within their borders. Communities that do nothing will remain marijuana free. Uh-oh. All these applications including officers directors, managers, and general partners of a business entity must at least be 21 years of age, reside in Maine, and a majority of shares, equity, ownership, and membership and partnership interests must be owned by Mainers or businesses made up entirely by state residents. The draft rules prohibit the creation of a corporate veil to sidestep this rule through purchase options. 
Through June 2021, the state will give licenses only to people who have lived in Maine and filed income tax returns here for at least four years. Maine voters approved a law giving medical marijuana providers first crack at licenses, but lawmakers swapped that out for a residency preference instead. Certain people are banned from getting a state marijuana license, including state employees or any law... Okay, I like this. Any law enforcement officers. Good. Like, I like this. Anyone with a felony conviction for drug possession. I don't like that. Cannabis is legal. It is legal in Maine. We are deciding that this is a legal and, 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 and analogous to alcohol. And if we have made that decision, then we need to free every, every person, every nonviolent person who has a drug or cannabis charge, and we need to allow them to be in the industry. Shame on you, Maine, for doing that. Shame on you. Shame on you. I'm going to do a name and shame for that in another episode. Maybe, maybe later today, may not be. Who knows? But we'll see. But I don't like that. That's icky. That's shame on you, Maine, for doing that. That's, that's, that's a bad thing you're doing. That's a bad and unjust thing you're doing. Anyone with a felony conviction for drug possession, distribution, manufacturing, or cultivation of use of a controlled substance in the last 10 years are those who have personally lost a marijuana license. Felony convictions for marijuana crimes that would no longer be illegal under the new law don't count. I still don't think I still don't think that's enough. I still I still think they're being too ex- they're excluding. They're doing too much excluding. I don't like it. The department can refuse can refuse a license to an applicant with recent convictions for dishonesty or fraud, for violence or threats of violence, and driving under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Applicants may offer evidence of a re- rehabilitation and character reference to prove their fitness for a license. Cultivation. The state will offer five tiers of cultivation licenses. Nurseries are no more than a thousand square feet of plant canopy or a grow space. A boutique level of no more than 30 mature plants or 500 square feet canopy. And grow, grow facilities capped at 2,000, 7,000, and 20,000 square feet of plant canopy. Growers would have to pay a application fee ranging from $60 to a nursery applicant to fifty to five hundred dollars for larger operators and an annual and an annual licensing fee which could range from nine dollars per mature marijuana plant for a boutique outdoor grower to thirty thousand for the largest growers. Okay, so it's not seeming that the barriers of entry, particularly for people for for Mainers or for people who grew up and live in Maine doesn't look like the barriers of entry from what I'm reading are too high. So we might have a lot of mom and pop operations that can thrive in, 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 in vacation land, but we shall see. Let me, let me finish reading. While testing rules will be announced later, the draft recreational marijuana rules on permissible sales suggest the state's plan to require testing for residual solvents, harmful chemicals, molds, and mildew. Microbiomes like salmonella and pesticides and fungicides and insecticides and THC potency to allow for correct labeling. Product manufacturing. 
licensed marijuana manufacturers must get certified by uh, industrial hygienists or a professional engineer to ensure the safety and adequacy of a, of a facility storage, preparation, electrical, fire suppression, and exhaust systems. If using butane, propane, acetone, and other inherently hazard, hazardous extraction methods. Manufacturers are prohibited from making marijuana products, including edibles, designed to appeal to children, such as mold, mold, modeling them on products that are already popular with children in the shape of an animal, vehicle, person, or character. A manufactured marijuana product, such as a chocolate bar or bag of lozenges, can have no more than a hundred... That's some... That's some tyranny in that law, but you know it's always it's always it's the marine dows of the world that ruin that ruin that ruin cannabis for everyone and make it so lawmakers have to put these limits because people can't handle their crap. You know, it gets me so annoyed that these states put a hundred milligram limits. You know, I mean, I mean to be fair, there are some states like Utah that have that cap beer like three point two percent alcohol or whatever but with alcohol you don't see as many you can get you can get some pretty high proof alcohols at, at, at your local package or liquor store or your supermarket you can get some pretty pretty high high proof stuff that if you have that whole bottle you can die but with cannabis which even a even a hundred thousand milligrams will never kill you you may feel unpleasant and paranoid and anxious but you're not going to ever actually die but with with something that does that does, not, does that doesn't induce death we have to put these arbitrary 100 milligram limits because we have some people like marine dow they're going to freak out have too much edibles and, and 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 think that their life is over or some crap or like the cop or like the cop in in like the cop that confiscated weed and made brownies in Michigan and then called 911. Like, look that YouTube clip up. It's hilarious. But these 100 milligram limits are BS in my opinion. But let me go on. No more than 100 milligrams of THC. The marijuana compound that gets a consumer high, but no single serving can have more than 10 milligrams. Each serving must be marked by a state-approved marijuana symbol. Under the draft rules, manufacturers must pay a $250 applicant fee and a $2,500 annual licensing fee. Retail. Marijuana stores may not sell more than 2.5 ounces of usable marijuana, 5 grams of concentrate, or edible marijuana with more than 5 grams of total THC con content to a consumer per day. Under the state's rules, Stores could not open before 7 a.m. or stay open past 9 p.m. But sh but towns could shorten those hours. That's some tyranny right there. But um but until 9 p.m. I mean those are okay hours I guess. But I I think I think it should be like liquor stores that could open till 10 or 11. Why are we why are we having this double standard without with with, with marijuana? Oh they can't open before 7 a.m. So what? If someone over the age of 21 wants to buy, wants to blow their entire paycheck on weed at 5 in the morning, let them do it. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect anyone. But, again, we have lawmakers that, we still have lawmakers that are in a position of power that tried cannabis a, a time or two in college. 
and you know are all about the square life and haven't used it since and hold cannabis and its users in contempt and just see it as a Cheech and Chong show. That's that's the majority of lawmakers in in in, in throughout most legislatures in the entire country. You know, they won't ever admit that to you that that's what they believe, but 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 their behavior in, in putting cannabis bills in committee, you know, blocking adult use in, in some states, they're be, or, or slow rolling it in Massachusetts, the behavior all over the country indicates and proves exactly what I am saying. But let me let me let me continue. License holders of all kinds must meet certain electrical codes and state federal environmental rules. Those who obtain a manufacturing license must comply with all kitchen-related health and safety standards of the municipality, as well as the state food code and state fire code. To transfer ownership of a marijuana business or move, an applicant would have to pay a $250 fee. All licensed applicants, all licensed marijuana businesses must have door and window locks, an alarm system monitored by round-the-clock security company, and a raft of surveillance, surveillance cameras and monitor exits, the marijuana grow storage disposal areas, and all points of sale. The video must be stored for at least 90 days. Outdoor grows must be enclosed in fencing at least 8 feet tall or 6 feet tall, toppled by, by barbed wire. I wonder if you need all those security measures and all those laws and regulations if you if you had several acres of land and wanted to have a vineyard business. I don't think I don't think you would have nearly as much regulation or you have to keep you have to keep your outdoor grow covered or any of that. You know, you could see vineyards, you could drive past them out in the open. Because we don't have that same that same stigma for alcohol. But um, but also to be fair, like I mean, I, I've, I mean, I've heard of like I've, I follow a lot of, of cannabis growers and cannabis people on YouTube, and and growing cannabis can be a very hard job, and you, you're constantly having to like avoid cops, and you're constantly having to avoid thieves, and, you know. And some people, like I like I told you, I've had I had a dealer when I was in college at UMass in Western Massachusetts. He got robbed at gunpoint for his for his um, edibles and his uh, marijuana. He got robbed at gunpoint in Western Massachusetts. You know there 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 are scumbags out there that 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 take advantage and that 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 steal what isn't theirs and and marijuana users or marijuana growers that should absolutely have guns because they're sitting ducks. You know because of current laws. It's it's illegal to, to to have marijuana and guns in any capacity because of the ATF form or whatever. But they're the people who need guns the most. It's not your suburban weekend warrior who goes shooting. He goes to the shooting range and thinks he needs a gun to protect his family when he lives in a safe, crime-free suburb or, or rural area. No, that that person just thinks they need their gun. You know, I'm probably splitting here saying this. It's a marijuana grower that needs a gun. It's the marijuana, it's the traditional marijuana market guy who who sells his marijuana that's constantly being robbed. It's constantly a, a sitting duck to thieves. They need guns more than anybody, in my opinion, more than troops. I mean, as much as troops, or, or, or close to as much as troops. But let me let me go on. <laughs> Outdoor grows must be enclosed in fencing, at least 8 feet tall or 6 feet tall, toppled in barbed wire. 
The draft rules, rules lay out a range of pot potential infractions the state could investigate, including a licenses, licensee's failure to comply with an operating plan on file, failure to properly report inventory in the state's track and trace system. Do we have a track and trace system for alcohol, by the way? I, like, I'm just asking. Do we? Track and trace system, unauthorized sales, and failure to disclose business changes or pay taxes. If found guilty, the department can fine a, a licensed business, suspend or revoke the business license, or seize its marijuana plants or products. Fines could run to up to $10,000 for each Damn, son. Each minor violation, like selling discounted marijuana. Oh my god, you're- Oh my god, they're repeating Massachusetts law. I don't like that. That's tyranny. Let me give you- Let me- Let me- Let me- the article's almost over. Let me tell you an another thing about how Massachusetts adult use law works. Mass in Massachusetts, you can't have, like, promos on, on cannabis. So you couldn't be like, oh, we're having a flash sale or we're having we're having a buy one-eighth, get another one free sale. Like, the that's illegal. It's like... In, in we made that illegal in our can in, in our cannabis laws like the legislature the legislature when when working on implementing adult use in our state put, specifically put that clause so you would never see such a sale in massachusetts or you'll never see an advertisement for a 50 dollar ounce in massachusetts because that's that's a sale or that's offering a discounted marijuana you know or you would never, like, when I was in, um, when I visited Washington State in Seattle, like, I went to, I went to one dispensary, and I think the name of the dispensary, I actually remember the name, was the Have a Heart Dispensary in, in, in downtown Seattle. I went there, and even though I was an out-of-state guy, and he, he saw my out-of-state ID, he still enrolled me in their, like, rewards program, or whatever, their loyalty program, and I got a certain percentage off my purchase, you know, just being an out-of-state person, you know, and I'm sure Seattle gets a lot of tourism every single year, and this, and I, and I, I was there, I was there for four days, the, people still worked, people still got stuff done, the sky didn't fall off offering discounted marijuana, but for some reason in Massachusetts and Maine, we can't allow that, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, think of the children. We, we, we can't allow discounted marijuana. People are gonna spend all their money on weed and they're not gonna, they're not gonna push paper in the morning. Like that's what they're acting like is, is going to happen if they have discounts on weed. To, okay, so fines can run from a $10,000 fine for each minor violation like selling discounted marijuana to $100,000 for a major violation such as unknowingly selling to minors. Okay, I'm, I guess I, I guess I agree with the with, with the sanctioning of, of selling to minors. I don't want people under twenty one should not be touching weed. That's we can all agree on that, unless for medical purposes approved by their doctor, of course. But um um that wraps up the article. Um I don't have too much to say because I've already given my commentary through the through the through reading the article. Um, victory for Maine, and hopefully the adult use dispensaries open really soon. And shout out to my caregiver. Shout out to her. She's the MVP. She her her tinctures are, are invaluable to me. Um, I can I use them during the night. Like if I if, if like if I wake up during the night or whatever, instead of vaping, 
um, I, I can I can just take a drop or two and then just go right back to bed. And I, I love I love having that at my disposal in addition to vaping cannabis and and, and smoking whole flour. But shout out to her. She she keeps she she makes it so I can I can I have access to tinctures and other medical forms that help me. And um, that's all I have to say. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends.